Good morning to each one and a welcome to God's house, to God's sanctuary, to the place where God's people gather to worship him. And this morning as Robbie was reading that, I hope you were following along because there's so much in that passage. And I'm not, I'm not going to go to the end times. This, 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 this is a passage that, that can link into the end times, the only little of you. And I think it's very powerful. And I, I would love to go there sometime, maybe in another message. But I feel like I need to learn a lot more on that aspect. Maybe Raymond would be the one to, to preach that message. But this passage is, is very powerful. And this morning, this week as I was, as I was meditating on, on what God would have for us this morning, my mind had a few subjects that, that I was studying on. And I, did, I hadn't had clear direction on, on which way to go. And as I, as I wrestled with it yesterday, and as how God pointed me back to the past week of feeling maybe a little, how would you say, discouraged? No, discouragement is not the word. A little bit overwhelmed. Feeling a little bit like the future looks bigger than I like it to look. He had me think of the scripture and turn with me before we get into Ezekiel 47. Turn with me to Psalms 46. My mind was drawn to Psalms 46. And I'm going to take some lessons out of Psalms 46 before we get into the passage in Ezekiel. My mind went specifically to a verse in 46. There is a river, the streams thereof shall make glad the city of God. And I'm going to read this passage in Psalms 46 and make a few comments as we go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. You know, David here understood the very essence of what it was like to be God as his refuge. David knew what it was like, what it was like to flee from, from King Saul. David knew what it was like to, to be to be in a place where his strength was depleted. He knew what it was like to have God himself help him. You know, the very presence of help of get, is a secret. This is a quote from Morgan. A secret of the, the secret of the confidence is the consciousness of the nearness of God. The very presence of help. You know, David knew what it was, it, was, it, was, it was like to experience that. He knew what it was to be, be like to have his refuge, his strength, his present help. And he goes on to say there, it says, Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Now just picture with me a little bit here how David was going at a time of fleeing from Saul. And he painted this picture in his mind of even though... The earth be removed. And even though the mountains be carried out in the midst of the sea. He's not going to fear. And though the waters therefore roar and be troubled. Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. He's not going to be feared. And he ends it with Selah. Take thought. Stop and consider what I just said. David is reassuring himself. Stop and think of what, who God is. 
Even though all these things are going to be shaken, I'm not going to fear. And he ends it with Selah. There is no peace where there is fear. And where there is peace, fear has to leave. And he goes into the very next verse. And after the picture that he paints of chaos in our society, chaos in our creation. Natural disasters. He's not going to fear. And he goes into verse 4 and says, There is a river, the streams thereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place, the tabernacles of the Most High. And that's my mind, that's where my mind went to yesterday as I wrestled and as I tried to overcome some of the overwhelming feelings in the past week or so. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. In a tabernacle of the Most High. The title of my message this morning is, The River That Makes Glad. David here was seeing in his mind again, he was picturing a river whose streams that flow from the temple. You know, the temple back in, in that day, Jerusalem was built on a, in a place where it was dry. And I find it fascinating how God placed the tabernacle, Jerusalem, his temple, at a dry place. Jerusalem was not sustainable to live on its own without outsource of water coming in. From behind the gates. Jerusalem only had a few trickles. Inside Jerusalem. And I find it fascinating. How, how David could actually paint the picture. And it says there's rivers. There's a river. That's coming. Right now he only sees a stream. That comes from the throne. From the, from the, tap, from the tabernacle. From inside Jerusalem. There was only streams. And a lot of Jerusalem's water was piped in. And then if you read Hezekiah, I think it's Hezekiah where, where he he did it secretly how he piped in, put um, conduits and, and made uh, waterways underneath the ground, underneath the wall, piped in secretly to bring in water into Jerusalem. That way if the enemy comes along and besieges the city. They can't shut off their water supply. They don't know where it's coming in at and they can be sustainable. They can live on, even if the city is besieged. And I find it fascinating how David here says there is a river. He's picturing a river. The streams thereof shall make glad the city of God. He's picturing a river that is to come. He's picturing Jerusalem being the, 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 the abundant, consistent provision of the river for Jerusalem. He's picturing the, the, very, the very streams that is coming out of the tabernacle is going to develop into some big mighty river of abundant supply. David pictured that in his mind. It became reality to David's mind, in David's mind. And what about in our minds this morning? In Revelations 20, 20, 22, 1, it says, And he showed me, this was John, the angel showed John, and he showed me a pure water, pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and from the Lamb. The same river that David had in his mind? I think it was. 
A river flows and makes glad the city of God. Makes the city of God happy. This water, this river. This river was life-giving. The city of God creates, whether there's water, whether there's streams of God, this river created a, presented a, a thirst to a dry and thirsty land. This river that David was imagining in his mind was a river that stemmed from the throne, from the altar, and went out of Jerusalem and made a desert place beautiful. Psalms 36, 7 through 9. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thine house. And thou shalt make them drink of the water of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, and with thy light shall we see light. David was envisioning, envisioning this in his mind already. Because he experienced what it was to have the refuge in, his refuge in Christ, his strength in, in, his, in, 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 in his Redeemer. He experienced what it was to go through all these troubled times, not fearing. He was using the fear of God to go through the fears of this life. But Matt Raber explained that very well. And he recognized that when God was part of the river, when God was the river, and when it came, when it stemmed from God himself, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. God is never, did you know God is never late? You know, sometimes we think God, you know, the darkest times in our lives, and when the shadows seem so dark, read this verse. And God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. His people, the church, God shall help her, and that right early, just on time. You know, the Son, Jesus Christ, is the light. And when there's light, the darkness and shadows have to flee. The nations rage. He utters his voice. The, melt, the earth melted away. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. The Lord of hosts is with us. David also recognized here that the host, not just the host of the armies of this, of the, that were after him, pursuing him, not just the host of, of the natural army that he was leading, that he wasn't just recognizing that God was that commander, but he was also recognizing that the host was for those, the armies of heaven. The Lord of hosts is with us. He realized that the host was way more, God's host was way more. Provisions were there, over and abundant for him. And I love how he says that God of Jacob is our refuge. See, David was going back alongside of that riverbank and looked back at the stories of Jacob and how God provided and led Jacob through the years. And he recognized that it was only God. And that same God was going to direct him forward. 
God of Jacob. He recognized that it was the God of Jacob. He was laying a hold of the he was laying a hold of the same helper that helped Jacob. And David says as an invitation, come behold the works of the Lord. Come and behold the works of the Lord. Come behold what, what God has done. He's gonna, it says, the desolations he shall made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease upon the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear asunder, and he burneth the chariots with fire. The very essence of the enemy's power is burned with fire. The chariots with fire. Those big, shiny, clattering chariots that the enemy comes at us. Look back in your life. Remember the smoke as they burned. Remember that the ones coming yet will be the same way if we behold God's works and let God work for us. And he says in 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. That God of Jacob is our refuge. And he ends it again, Selah. Be still and know that I am God. You know, sometimes we know that God is there, but sometimes we're not still enough to actually see him. He has the smallest ways to work, but they become amplified when we come still and we can actually see him. We don't see him. If we don't become steel. The Lord of hosts is with us. You know John Wesley. On the day that John Wesley died. I'm just going to read it here. He had already nearly lost his voice. And could be understood only with, with difficulty. But at the last with all his strength. That he could summon. Wesley suddenly, suddenly called out, The best of all is, God is with us. Then raising his hand slightly and waving in triumph, he exclaimed again with a thrilling effect, The best of all, God is with us. And he died. No matter what we face, let's remember that. Now, let's turn to Ezekiel. And as you sit here pondering those things that David said in Psalms, we can only experience them, how David did, if we're tapped into this river that David saw. And Ezekiel here, 47. And I'm going to be reading this, this, this scripture again through the NLT. I like how it says it. And remember here, Ezekiel was having a vision and was being carried about the last couple chapters in a vision. And this river is, is a river that Ezekiel visioned that David talked about. In my vision, a man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. 
And there I see a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. And like I mentioned before, I find it fascinating how that water, that stream was coming, that trickle was coming from the temple. I love that picture of where that water was coming from. Out of the temple. It was the temple. Who was in the temple? It was where God dwelt. That's where it was coming from. It started there. Now remember where it was going. It started in the temple. And he brought me outside of the wall, verse 2, through the north gate way and led me around to the eastern gate. And there I saw the water flowing out through the south side of the gate, east gateway, east gateway. You know, in his vision, the angel took him in to the temple where the water was coming from. And as he left the, the temple and as he walked outside of the gate on the other side of the wall where the water was coming from, this angel was measuring, measuring as he went. He took me along the stream for about 1,750 feet, which is 1,000 cubics. And then led me across the water, and the water came to my ankles. So picture with me a little stream. It started as a trickle. And as he crossed that river the first time, he covered his ankles. It's a nice little creek. And he measured another 1,750 1,750 feet, and he led me across again. <clears throat> Went down the river, and he led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. And he went another 1,750 feet down the riverside, and he was up to my waist as we crossed again. Can you imagine what Ezekiel was thinking? This went from a little creek to an overflowing creek that was up to his waist. And when he measured, well, he measured again another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to cross. It was too, it was too deep. It was enough to swim in. We couldn't walk through it. It became a great, mighty river. And I love verse 6, and he asked me, Have you been watching, son of man? Have you been observing what was going on? And as he led me back, and I love this picture, how the man led Ezekiel back along the river banks. The banks that once were desolate, were desert, were, was nothing green growing. There was no live tree. And as he walked back, what did he see? In King James Version, it says, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Have you been paying attention here? Have you realized what was happening? And I returned and I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Don't you see the picture that David saw? Don't you see the picture that Ezekiel saw? God said, I will send my river of life into the desert. The dead place and bring forth life. I will bring what was dry and dusty and make it a beautiful garden. A garden flourishing, rich and beautiful. Verse 8. And he said unto me, This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. 
and the rivers of this stream shall make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. This is the NLT version. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea. There's nothing living in the Dead Sea today. The Dead Sea has no life. It has no vegetation. It's dead. There's nothing that can grow in that salty water. But as Ezekiel witnessed, and as he, as, as he witnessed this, what was happening before his eyes, the fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will be nourished ever after this flowing water reaches its banks. Life-giving water. Water, whatever it touches, it cleanses. Restores, it makes whole. This water cannot mix with dead. As it flows into the Dead Sea, the dead becomes pure and alive. And there's fishermen that stand along the banks of the shore of the Dead Sea, all the way down to the, up through the river. The shore will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they have filled the Mediterranean Sea. Now, I did not have time this morning to look into the Mediterranean Sea, but that was a, tree, that was a sea that was full of life was a beautiful, beautiful sea. And it's saying here, just like that sea, the Dead Sea is going to become like the Mediterranean. It also says in 11, verse 11, but the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will remain salty. And that's a sobering picture. This morning we have a choice. It is up to us if we want to keep, if we want to stay in the swamp of our life, in ourself, in what I want, or to let this water, this river cleanse us and to make our swamps swamps no more. Verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown or fall off. There will always be fruit on these branches. There will be a new crop every month. For, there were, for, there are watered, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for the healing. Don't you get a picture of heaven? Don't you get a picture of what yet is to come? I love this picture I love what we can see happening. But it's, you realize this is a vision that Ezekiel was seeing, that David witnessed too. And this morning I'm here to tell you, we need to grasp the hold of that vision. Because out of that vision, there's life. And in that vision is life-giving water. It needs to be part of our lives. The only way we can experience the ultimate redemption is through the river of Jesus Christ. Are you trapped this are you trapped this morning in the murky swamps? Are you letting the rivers of Jesus Christ, the work of Calvary running through your veins and cleanse you? Are you tapped into the river? Tapped into the life-giving river where the old man himself dies and becomes a new man in Christ Jesus. You see that Jesus Christ, it also points forward to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ how did it start? Jesus Christ came through one angel, through a lowly virgin, Virgin Mary. 
It started small. It started a small trickle. And as it went, as Jesus went through his life ministering to those that he found himself ministering to, he, he, we have the Gospels. And as Jesus' story becomes the miracles he did, the healings he did, the stream becomes deeper. It went from ankle trickle to an ankle to a, the knees to the waist. And as we see Jesus living his life, the river becomes wider and more powerful. And as Jesus died on the cross and he resurrected again, it becomes a flowing fountain of life that will never stop and will never run dry. You see, it started with a stream from the throne of God when he sent his son to this earth to die. It started on a little trickle. Through, through Virgin Mary. But as Jesus was used of God and did the will of the Father, the stream became a mighty rushing river. And you know, it's life-giving, a fountain that will never run dry. John, let's turn to John 4. John 4, 6 through 15. I don't think I'm going to take the time to read this. But this is where the Samaritan woman, when Jesus came to her and asked her, give me to drink. And she wondered, why, why are you asking a Samaritan to give you water? And Jesus said unto her in 10, If thou had knewest the gift of God, and who it is saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of me, and would have given me living water. And I would have given thee living water. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From hence then hast thou had this living water. Art thou greater than our fathers Jacob, which gave us, well, gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus, said, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Springing up unto everlasting life. Do you have this well of water springing up in you this morning? Up unto everlasting life. Do you have the river, do you have river banks that are pleasing to look at? Or are they painful when you look back through your life? You know, as I look back at my life, as far from perfect. I see many things that I should have done differently. But when I think of today, and when I think of what, how God has used those things only by the grace of God, those things in the past take a whole new meaning on. They don't be, they're not rubbish anymore. They're life-giving. Because I look back and you can see how God has led in the past.
how God has led? Are you tapped into that river, having that fountain Jesus within, redeems, restores, makes new, turns the dead into living, replaces the ugly riverbanks with the fruits of the Spirit? All because of what Jesus did for us. And in return, he's asking us to by faith and trust him. So that we can become the fountains of water for him. Where once there was no water. The church, the beautiful picture of the church. As it spreads its, as it spreads its light of Jesus to the community. Light, life giving. Jesus Christ, the water. The rivers of water. Where do you find yourself this morning? Do you find yourself standing on the river's banks and never have claimed and never touched those waters and never knew what it feels like to be refreshed by those waters? Are you standing looking on and never took that step of faith and believed who Jesus was and is? Are you standing on the river banks? In a dry and a dusty place. A stranger to God. Or maybe this morning you're standing in the river. Ankle deep. And oh that cool refreshing water. You felt it. You experienced it. But you have no commitment. To go deeper. You lack commitment to, to, to give it all. You lack commitment to, to go deeper, to surrender. Maybe you find yourself this morning knee deep in this river of water. And God's love and his grace feels so good. But you're not willing to let everything go. You're not willing to let everything go. Wanting to be able to, you want to be able, what's, you want to be able to, to, to be able to still be in somewhat of control. You're afraid to give up too much of too much that you're going to lose. Maybe you're finding yourself in a deeper place than that. Maybe you're finding yourself waist deep in this river of water of life. You're feeling the power of God. You're seeing and feeling Him. You're experiencing it. But you have a hard time to completely to trust. You have a hard time because you want to be able to see ahead. You want to be able to see what's ahead. You want to be able to see what for waves and what for troubled times are coming. And so you have a hard time to trust and to let go. You want to keep in control. You want to stand on your own strength. You want to be able to feel your feet hit the bottom. But yet feel the current of God's love and grace. And it feels good, but yet be in control. You want to experience the best of both, best of both worlds. Brothers and sisters, this morning that's not going to happen. You will never be able to experience the best of both worlds. But too many times I try to stand waist deep in this river on my own. Are you fully, fully engulfed? Are you wholly committed? Not just half committed, but are you wholly committed no matter what? Sold out for Christ. 
Unashamed to be different in our society. Unashamed of living and being different for Christ. Called out to be called in. Unashamed of that. Are you emerged fully in the river of life-giving water, Jesus Christ? And maybe one more. Maybe you find yourself fighting against the current of God. You're all in, you're fully in. But at times when our lives become rough, and sometimes we experience hardships, we catch ourselves, I do anyways, fighting against God. And we're fighting against the current because we don't want to go where the current's going to take us. God wants to take us to a place of full restoration. He wants to take us in a place of trust and surrenderance and, and being committed to Him no matter what. And He takes us along and sometimes we resist that. Where are you at this morning? John 7, 37 and 38. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This morning, if we want to be flowing rivers of living water, it only comes from being connected and being emerged in the river that is giving water, that carries us. Are you in that river this morning? Are you living in the river that makes glad the city of God? Are you experiencing the fountain of life in your life? Is it springing up within and creating streams and rivers that God can use? This morning, David envisioned that river. Ezekiel envisioned that river. Are we envisioning that river this morning? Not just envisioning it for the days ahead, for the final redemption, but are we envisioning it here in the church, in the city of God, in this temple this morning? In our lives as we go forth, are we living in the fountain, immersed fully, fountain of life? These thoughts, let's kneel for prayer. Our Father, we come to you this morning, Zara, Father, we thank you for blessing us this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a way that we can be living this life in this dry and desert place of this world, living it filled, blessed, satisfied. And when you take our, our old sinful ways and we let them go and we crucify our flesh. And when you can make something so much beautiful come out of there. And then you can bless us with riverbanks that look to the world around us. It's a place to be. Because you're giving us life. Only through you Christ. Only through Christ what done on the cross. Thank you Jesus for blessing us again. Thank you Father for continuing to give us life. And Lord help us to be tapped in to this life giving water. Help us never to let go. Help us never to become discouraged and overwhelmed. Help us never to look back at the times 
Satan would want to strip us off. God, we thank you that you are all giving. It's only through your grace and love that we are today called out for you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll open it up for a time of testimony. Maybe an expression that you feel led to share. How do you find the river of life flowing in through you? What's your testimony this morning? Anyone? How's your time? Sunday school lesson was that rivers of planet beside the rivers of water of life. It's beautiful. You thought in there. Anyone else? If not, go ahead, Amos. Find it interesting. Appreciate the message, Lord. But you read Ezekiel 47, what you did. You know, his vision, actually his prophecy was on... Revelation chapter mm-hmm. 22 is what the, his prophecy was about there in Ezekiel mm-hmm. 47. Because if you read that chapter, the last chapter of Revelation, it says here in verse 22, where he showed me a pure river of water, life is, yeah, a river of water, life crystal, proceeding out of the mm-hmm. throne of God. So if you read that chapter, you get a little more mm-hmm. Beautiful picture. And I think we today need to grasp that vision, envision that, so we know how to. It gives us tremendous strength and guidance to continue to live life for him. Thank you, Amos, for that. All right, thank you for those added thoughts. Let's stand and sing in the, uh, the paper in the back of your... By your songs, the song books, there, there should be a paper. Jesus flow like a river. And I don't know, how many of you know this song? So we have a pretty good count that knows that. Let's sing this song and, and we'll end in a word of prayer. Did someone have a pitch for that? Josie, you have a pitch for that? You are the river of life, you are the joy of my soul, you are the raging river out of control, guiding the waves of your glory to depths of joy.
Jesus, thank you for being that river of life. And Lord, help us to plunge deep. Lord, help us let your waters flow over and through us, that you could be glorified, that you could be honored. We commit our lives to you, and as we go from here, Father, help us to send forth the light that you've within us, your Holy Spirit, to guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.